Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Gretchen Zimmerman, a second career dietitian who traveled across the country for her internship, worked in clinical nutrition, and realized her career strengths from her previous profession were sneaking back in. She found herself in food service management and found her passion again for being in a management role. She is currently a senior director for the telehealth company, Vita Health. Please enjoy my conversation with Gretchen. Super thrilled. It's taken us a few minutes to get this organized and scheduled and to connect, but I'm really excited to have you on the podcast today. So thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you. And thanks for your flexibility. I appreciate that. (laughs) Of course, always. Well, I would love to let's go back to the beginning of when you kind of got interested in dietetics and how did you know about it? What drew you to the profession? Yeah, so great question. This is dietetics. This is my second career, actually. I um, and you, you know this, Anne, but I was a an esthetician uh, for most of my twenties, and so I, I worked at a medical spa, and you know, I did things like laser hair removal and <laughs> chemical peels and facials, and you know, all that stuff. That's kind of fun for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the the connections that I made with my, my clients and, you know, that aspect of it and the medical aspects of it as well. Um, because I'd worked for a dermatologist. And so uh, eventually though, I just kind of got a little bored, lo- was looking for something more challenging. Um, I am one of those people who is either in school or taking some kind of class or <laughs> webinar. Are you there's, really? There's always <laughs> something going on. Yeah. So um, I decided to go back to school. Um, I hadn't actually finished my under undergrad degree <laughs> prior to becoming an esthetician. So I decided to go back to school. Um, and one of the things that I became interested in was becoming a dietitian. First of all, I actually had no idea what a, a dietitian was. Um, and I only learned that through talking to the people that I worked with at the medical spa, um, oh. that that would be a, a good, maybe a good fit for me, just kind of, you know, based on my lifestyle and the things I was interested running and health and, uh, so on and so forth. Also, um, you know, my, my mom was kind of going through her own thing battles with weight. And so that was kind of like what first drew me to the field was, Oh, I, I think I can specialize in weight management. This is something I feel really passionate about. Um, and so then, you know, basically embarked on, on that journey and, and went back to school. How was that? Was it difficult to get back into like the school? Pro- I mean, after I feel like after working for a while, it's kind of hard to get back into school mode. Yeah, it it was. Um, it, it was it was challenging because I was working full time. I'm sure a lot of people oh. can relate to this, oh. right? Yeah, as dietitians, <laughs> like that's yes. what we do. We have always a million things going on at once. And so, yeah, I was working full time, but I was also moving across the country um, to San Francisco from New York. And so uh, I had to figure out how to make all of that work. So that was definitely a challenge. Ultimately, I ended up getting my undergrad degree completely online through Kansas State University. Um, oh, you did. And that worked okay. out really well. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was, you know, over 10 years ago when there were still, I don't know, there were only like maybe two or three programs mm-hmm. in the country, the didactic programs that were accredited uh, that you could take online. So it was still pretty new, but um, something I really enjoyed. Certainly not for everybody. Uh, although I don't know with the world changing now, like we were just going in that direction anyway. So you had a lot of things going on if you were moving, if you were doing school, working full time. I feel like as dietitians, we do like we do it all. Like we just do everything all yeah. at once. It's so bizarre yeah. <laughs> how we do right. that. It's our. It's like we're. It's our personality type. Like we just have like, all. I, so. I work with so many dietitians now, and they're all you know, it's a very similar kind of mentality that we all have very hard workers. Um, you know, you see a lot of type A, right, perfectionist kind of mentalities. And mm-hmm. um, of course, a genuine desire to really help people. So there's a, it's a lot of really, I think, just like wonderful aspects, right? To it is people yeah. who are attracted to the field. Yeah. So when you started school, did you feel like that was it, did it feel right then? Was it, cause you didn't really know a lot about dietetics. Sometimes it's kind of like, okay, well, I'm going to try this out, but you know, I'm just going to do oh. it. Cause it was, I'm cheap, but it did, it feel really good to take the classes and you're like, this is where I should be. It felt great. Yeah. Because, you know, dietetics is very heavy in science. And prior to that, I was a science major. And so it just felt like a really nice, natural, perfect fit. But of course, like most people, like you just have no idea what you want to do. And you're just starting to realize how many different directions you can go in, in the field. And so it can certainly be very overwhelming. Right. And it just takes, I think it takes a long time also to kind of find your niche. Absolutely. And that's why I feel like during your internship, you get exposed to so much stuff and you're like, oh my gosh, I like this. And I like this. And I like, I don't, I don't know. Right. Yeah. And so they're like, what am I going <laughs> to end up doing? I don't know. So when you did, when you did your, did you do your internship then with Kansas State as well? Or did you do that somewhere else? Uh, So I did that through UNLV. So I went to, went to good old Vegas for almost a year (laughs) for my dietetic internship. (laughs) (laughs) That could, that could be interesting, right? You moved again then. Well, I did. I moved again. Um, It's interesting because as you know, we don't get paid and Vegas Mm -hmm. is kind of like the last place that you want to be when you don't have an income. So (laughs) no, (laughs) there's really not much that you can do. So you just study, you know, you work out, you Mm -hmm. eat, that's pretty much it. (laughs) (laughs) So when you wrapped up your internship, what kind of was the next steps for you? Yeah, so then I um, I came back to San Francisco, and I was immediately offered a job at Children's Hospital in Oakland, and um, as a manager, as a patient service manager, and I had been in management prior to going back to school for my dietetics internship, uh, and so you know, it's definitely, um, the, the person that offered me the job was actually someone I had worked with prior. So I already had that connection, oh, which nice. Yeah. Yeah. Which I found like, that's half the battle in life, right. It's like having mm-hmm. those connections. Cause it's so hard when you're a brand new dietitian, you've just come out of school. You don't have the experience 
so hard to find a job. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was really fortunate, right? And then I already had that connection. And so I, I went to Children's Hospital and I worked there for about a year and a half as a manager. Um, I loved it. You know, I, lo- I love management. I love leadership and people management and operations and, uh, you know, c- creating policies and procedures and all of that good stuff. So. <laughs> Thank goodness for dietitians like you. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'd enjoyed that. And then, but then I was also feeling like, well, I really have no clinical expertise, right? So I can, I can manage a team. That's great. But I'm a dietitian. I really need to understand, you know, first of all, just to get the experience as a clinical dietitian and then just help me understand a little bit more of what direction do I want to go and is my path management or do I want to start my own practice? Do I want to specialize in, you know, sports nutrition at the time was something I was considering. And so um, I eventually left that role and then worked in a hospital in San Francisco for about four or five years as an inpatient and an outpatient dietitian to kind of get that experience. And, and that was really awesome. That was really important. It was a, it was a, a, I think it was really key as a stepping stone in my career. I think that's a great point to make because I've seen a lot of, you don't have to do clinical because you don't need that experience to make you a good dietitian. But I kind of feel like you, like you, I feel like clinical made me a stronger dietitian because you do understand things in such a different way. Oh, absolutely. It helps me every day in my role now. And I'm not a clinician anymore, right? I don't work one-on-one with patients anymore, but that, that base of knowledge and that expertise and the experience helps every single day. Mm-hmm. I agree. So that yeah. must have, that job must have kind of helped you figure out, do I, so did you kind of think more management was the route you were going to go after that? And you spent quite a few years doing clinical, so you had a really yeah. good way of understanding what was going to be the best fit for you. Yeah, I did. And, you know, throughout that experience, I also had the opportunity to do some management experience, um, you know, overseeing a kitchen, food service management. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Boy, that will teach you. That will teach you how. (laughs) I was going to say, how was that? (laughs) (laughs) It's it's challenging because you do work with... um, you know, you're working, you're working with employees who are employed by the hospital. Um, you also have union environments and there's just very specific ways to handle things when you're dealing with a union environment. You really have to under, you know, so it, it's, it's just a, it's a different kind of population that you're working with. So you really have to understand um, the nuances of that because that definitely uh, dictates like, you know, how you can manage people, especially with, people management and performance management in particular. Um, so it taught me a lot, right? It taught me a lot. Um, and it was a very valuable experience, but very challenging too. Mm -hmm. I couldn't imagine that would be very challenging. So you must've been, were you in a contract company as the dietitian then as the manager, not like an employee, not an, not an employee of the hospital, but like an employee of a contracted. No, I was actually employed by the hospital. I worked for Southern health. Okay. Because I know sometimes they do like um, contract companies will run like the food service department, but it's not right through. Yes. Yeah. So I didn't know if that was the situation that you were in. Right. Yeah. Like Morrison or Aramark. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. It's still probably better to be under the same umbrella as your employees. That probably helps just a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. There's, 
benefits to both. I've been on the other side of it as well at Children's Hospital. And, you know, there's there's pros and cons. I definitely prefer to be employed by the organization directly. It's just in my mm-hmm. experience. Yeah. yeah. So after clinical and after the management, what did you what did you kind of take as your next steps? Yeah. So next steps for me, honestly, I found the the inpatient environment, although to be a really rich learning experience, um, to not be the right environment for me. I every time my pager went off, it would just set my heart <laughs> mm-hmm. going. Yes. Like, what do they want? <laughs> yes. Um, it was. I found it to be. And it's just the quick decision making, which I think is fine. Like you definitely have to be able to do that and the clinical judgment and all of that, but it sounded to be a very stressful environment. So um, there was that aspect. And the other, the other part of it that wasn't very fulfilling to me was, um, you know, the fact that you're being called in and being provided and you're to call, uh, sorry, to provide diabetes educations, for example, to people who are newly diagnosed with diabetes, they are totally overwhelmed, right? Like they mm-hmm. came in DKA, super high blood sugars are still stabilizing. And so I found it really challenging um, to be able to provide education in that environment when, behavior change. I mean, that's what I work in now, right? It's like, we know behavior change is so hard for people and um, it's stages of change and, you know, working with people when they're receptive to it is so important. And so um, I thought that was hard. And then also the fact that you just don't get to follow people on their journey anymore. So, so kind of as a result of that, I started to look for other opportunities and I found Vita Health, which is a company that I'm with now. This was like seven years ago now. Um, I started as a contractor there as a health coach. So I was working with, uh, you know, members, patients, um, Actually, I shouldn't say patients because I was a health coach. So they were they were our members who were coming in uh, mm-hmm. wanting to lose weight. You know, they had diabetes. Um, and so it's just like a very general health coaching experience. But you had a panel of patients that you managed and that you followed. You became part of their journey. You were very focused on the behavior change aspect. Um, and that was something I really fell in love with. And so, um, yeah, that's that's kind of what got me started now on this this kind of new path that I'm on, which is also really exciting. That is so interesting. Like seven years ago, they were already doing, I feel like that is really early on in the game. Like now it's like commonplace. I feel like right. seven years ago is like, that's, that was kind of cutting edge. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. It's tell, it's kind of the beginning of, of telehealth. And now, I mean, it's crazy because you think about, you know, we see what happened with COVID and, um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's changed, right? It's changed. And just being in that environment and witnessing, you know, as an employee of the company, witnessing people in other industries, just losing their jobs left and right. Um, yet telehealth companies really thrived, right? Because Mm -hmm. all of a sudden there's this huge need for people to be able to access medical care. Um, and so it's, you know, in many ways, COVID was good for us, um, in in that aspect and that it's really opened up the, the way that healthcare can now be accessed. Um, and it, as a result, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of competition in the space now. So we're seeing more and more companies pop up. That's crazy too. Like you said, like the accessibility is a huge thing. And I think dietitians are something that people need more accessibility too. Yeah, absolutely. So health coaching, did you, was that 
always kind of with the company, was that kind of like their entry level kind of coaching area or did they, do they look for registered dietitians? Was that something that they thought was valuable to have you as a health coach? Yeah, they definitely did. Um, they definitely valued dietitians, but it was definitely, that was their entry point was into health coaching. And really, you know, the evolution of the company over the last seven years is is pretty spectacular because um, we now have registered dietitians who work as registered dietitians providing medical nutrition therapy. Um, we have certified diabetes care and education specialists who are practice at the top of their license, working with even the most complex patients, right? Patients who are on MDI and insulin and um, other chronic, you know, multiple chronic conditions. And so we're a full-fledged healthcare company now at this point, right? We started as a, as a, a very small health coaching company and, and um, now we're in this new place, right? Where we can reach so many more people, diabetes management, um, but also focusing on mental health, right? That's another thing oh. that we saw during COVID is how prevalent- yeah depression and anxiety are for people. A huge percentage of the population suffer from that. That's great. That that's, that's another big encompassing thing of overall health is like that mental health aspect. And I feel it's dietitians and maybe I know you're not a clinician anymore, but we kind of turn into like mental health, <laughs> sometimes therapists during those nutrition conversations. Yes. Absolutely. So it's nice to have people that we can refer to that actually are the experts in that area. Right. And it's, you know, we have to be aware of it, right? Because we know that, especially with diabetes, you think about diabetes distress, which mm -hmm. is a an emotional state that someone might experience on a daily basis uh, related to the management and care of their condition. Uh, that's feel, that's Those are the feelings of overwhelm and guilt and grief that really prevent people from being able to make changes and take care of themselves. So I think as dietitians, you know, we are in this really unique position because we are, we already have a relationship, right? We've built the relationship. We're working with the patient. We can see that they're in progress. And if we're aware of all these factors, especially diabetes distress, which isn't necessarily anxiety or depression, right? You have a spectrum. But if you can be aware of these conditions, you can get people the help you, that they need, right? You can push them. You can say, hey, like, or you can even work with them on a subclinical level as a dietitian too. So I think there's a lot of opportunity there for us. And um, it's another thing, you know, I think we need to, we just need to start talking about it more, right? Taking the shame and the stigma out of it uh, and empowering and teaching dietitians to understand you know, when they see it, you know, recognizing it and how to get people to the right treatment. Oh, I agree. Like, that's one thing I wish I would have had more education on or just like more support on when I was a younger dietitian, just to help me with that aspect. Right. Yeah. They don't, I mean, you think about it, they don't really... I don't know what the curriculums are like now, right? But we don't, we didn't learn about that at no. all. <laughs> not, nothing. We didn't, didn't even touch, touch on it. it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> not even during the internship. You know, it just doesn't. No. Yeah. It's silo because our traditional healthcare system, we treat people in silos, right? So yes. we've got to got to change that. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm assuming you worked up and did some different things with the company. So maybe tell me a little bit more about, you know, your position now and how you got there. 
Yeah. So now I'm the senior director of cardiometabolic disease, um, which basically means that I oversee a team of registered dietitians, certified diabetes care and education specialists, and also our program. So our diabetes, hypertension, hyperlipidemia, and other clinical programs. Um, and so I... Gosh, what do I, I do a lot. I'm trying to think about how do I can summarize what I do here. Um, but I, a lot of the, 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 my role now is, is kind of a lot of um, like cross-functional work and uh, working with other, uh, you know, partners in the organization um, to, uh, you know, decide on goals and objectives and uh, clinical interventions is something that we, you know, are constantly focusing on A1C outcomes, right? We actually have really mm-hmm. strong A1C outcomes. And that's because we use our registered dietitians who practice medical nutrition therapy. I know it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Definitely a big part of the reason, right? And then they get the, they get the holistic care. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, and so, and and I do a lot of this now. I, I talk about the work that we do. Um, and, you know, just a big part of my role too is being familiar with what else is going on in the in the space in digital healthcare and uh, just kind of understanding what other opportunities are there are for growth and, you know, what direction we want to move in. How can we, how can we touch more lives and, you know, help people sustain their outcomes? So that's kind of the, the stuff that I think about all the time and that I'm always focused on. It sounds like you you kind of went back to, I mean, you're kind of in a role that you initially in that managerial kind of position with like the policy and the procedures. Not you're kind of back to that that area, which you seem really yeah. excited about. Yeah, right. I know. It's like that's why you have to right. Like I, I really believe you have to mm-hmm. uh, you know, dip your toes in the water, try different things, see what sticks, see what you gravitate to takes time, right? I mean, it took me over 10 years to figure out, like, I mean, just a few years ago, I only kind of realized, like, yes, this is it. This is the path, right? I feel like I'm making a difference. And I work with a talented team of dietitians. I love our diet, you know, I love dietitians. And I just feel like that's the other thing, too, is the advocacy for our dietitians, right? We are so undervalued, I think, often Mm -hmm. um, in different settings. And so we're really, at Vito, we really elevate RRDs, you know, everybody in the company understands the value that dietitians bring. So that's a that's another piece of my work that I really love. And that's awesome that you're in that role as a dietitian because like you can, I think like sometimes in these roles that like you're in currently, if they're not by a dietitian, they don't have the appreciation for dietitians. So we need more people like you in those kind of roles to help, you know, lift up, like you said, to elevate the profession. Yeah, we're getting there. I think yeah, you know. We're getting there. <laughs> I like that. That's what's good. It's good to hear that as a, you know, like this is a possibility of a, of a, you know, a job for a dietitian in the future is doing the work yes, that you're is. doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've had, I actually had, I think I told you that I had a couple of friends that actually work for Vita and they love it. They think it's been a great, just a, like you said, with like COVID and everything changing. Yeah. They just feel they're very valued as dietitians too, which I think is, that's a huge thing when you can say that. I love hearing, like, that's what it's all about to me. I love hearing that. Yeah, I remember, remember you had said that, so. Well, and (laughs) you also, 
Good. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I know you have also kind of had, I know you're a big runner and I also know that you had like your own personal like health issues. And I think that's so interesting how you've shared like just your own personal experiences and being a dietitian and then working with dietitians, how everything that you do kind of, it kind of comes full circle. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hashimoto's was diagnosed with Hashimoto's a few years ago. Um, and I am a big runner and that was, a that was tough, right? That was tough yes. for me because, uh, it's an autoimmune condition, right? And we know that we really have to take care of our, our bodies even more so when we have autoimmune conditions and protect them from stress and, you know, stress, different stressors. And so, um, hearing that was hard because running is, run endurance, you know, running for You're six or seven long. hours at a time. Yeah. That's so not great. <laughs> <laughs> not with Hashimoto's, right? Like that's not, big. it's, I'm sure it was hard for you. Cause I know I was always amazed by like your runs and stuff. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like she is amazing. But then I can or understand crazy. like, or crazy. <laughs> One of the two, <laughs> I think amazing, but but that is kind of difficult, like even when you have to pause for your own health, like you're so used to helping everybody else, but then you're like, Oh, right. wait, I got to focus on me now. Yeah. But you know, in some ways, like I, I, I found it, it, I, I embraced it, I guess you can say, um, is sometimes it's hard to work with people who have chronic conditions and you don't. Right. And so, Mm -hmm. yes, you can be an empathetic person. Like you can do your best to understand the struggles that people with chronic conditions go through on a daily basis, but you just don't get it until you have something of your own. And like, I mean, thankfully my Hashimoto's seems to be pretty mild right now. And so, you know, it doesn't disrupt my life at all, but I also take care of myself. Uh, But I understand from talking to other people and becoming more involved with people who have Hashimoto's, how challenging it is for so many people and how on a regular basis, you know, you, there are so many decisions you have to make, right? You have to think about the, the food you're eating. Um, fatigue is something that people with Hashimoto's are, are often battling. And so, you know, balancing childcare and all of your responsibilities in your home and your job. And it's, you know, it's really hard, right? And that's just mm-hmm. one example. And that's the nature of chronic conditions is they don't go away, right? So you can't ignore them. You have to manage them. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I think just going through that experience helped me to become even more, you know, even more of an empathetic uh, clinician and just a person in general. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think I always think it like just in that perspective, too. I think there's a lot of people that, you know, I'll get customers are like, well, you don't understand what it's like to have diabetes. You don't understand what it's like. It's like, you're right. I have no idea because I don't have it. But I would love to help you through this journey. <laughs> so exactly. let's try to do it. <laughs> that's that's yeah. all it is, right? Most people just want someone that, th- that they can talk to that is listening, right? Just being mm-hmm. someone who's listening and partnering with them on their, on their wellness journey is like everything for a lot of people. And we don't have to pretend that we understand everybody's struggles and, you know, what it feels like to have a certain condition. We just have to be willing to, to listen to people and let them know that they feel, you know, let them know that they're heard. So I think, I think it goes a long way. Yeah. Well, and I think health coaching teaches you that really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That's the health coach in me. Speaking yeah, that way. <laughs> but it's so true. Like I also, I also, I sometimes will tell newer dietitians. It's like, if you haven't 
dabbled in like, you know, motivational interviewing or just health coaching a little bit, you might want to do that because it just helps you be a better listener. And that's the biggest thing that we can do as dietitians is listen. Right. Exactly. Motivational interviewing, a hundred percent. I think it's a game changer for a lot of clinicians in the way they practice, right? It moves them away from this very didactic kind of old school approach of where it's just Mm -hmm. like us telling people what they should do it's not effective at all. Um, and you know, motivational interviewing is, uh, it changes everything, even relationships, like even, you know, your spouse or your partner, (laughs) you'll learn how to communicate differently with people. Mm -hmm. Yes. The didactic, it reminds me of, like you said, like the, how effective diabetes education is. And as an inpatient, (laughs) when you get paged for those, that's about how, Oh yeah. 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 Not at all. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Right. Yes. (laughs) Yes, yes. So what does what does the future kind of look like for you? What are you excited about as a dietitian? Or what things are you passionate about? Maybe that isn't related to your job? Maybe share some of that with me. Yeah, so I am very excited about starting my MBA that starts on Monday. So I'll be focused on that for the next two years. Yeah. (laughs) That's exciting. Um, How did you choose to do MBA? I don't, I mean, for me, you know, it's, I think I've been fortunate in that I have um, had really great mentors throughout the years, people who have coached me and helped me to grow as a leader. Um, As you, you know, again, like we don't, dietitians aren't usually business people, right? Like that's not Mm -hmm. always why we go to school. We don't really learn that in school. Um, We learn how to be good clinicians, right? So, and that makes sense. But um, you do, you know, you do, I I, I sometimes feel it. I feel the gaps, right? Like I see the gaps. Um, I think for me, it's important, you know, just personally, professionally to keep growing, to uh, go back and, and pursue that and just really get that structured, um, education under my belt. And, you know, I just, for me, it's, it's kind of the natural next step. So that's, that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> is that all <laughs> online then? Is it online it is. for you? Yes. Nice. Yeah. That's what's great about, that's what's great about even access to schooling now too, with the online aspect. You were way ahead of the game last time. So it's just nice that you can do it for this too. <laughs> Right, right. That's what I'm saying. Worlds change, right? It's, it's, uh, things are way more accessible now for more people, which is a beautiful thing. (laughs) Absolutely. And then you'll still continue to work full time, correct? I will. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. You are going to be a busy woman. Right. So I won't see my husband. We're going away this weekend for a few days because my husband knows he's not going to see me for like two years. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, he's, he's got realistic expectations then. <laughs> <laughs> We've been through this before. Have you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you said you're a lifelong learner, so you love <laughs> all things school. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people can relate. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. I think that's kind of our profession too. Like we just keep, just absorb as much information as possible. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. Congratulations. I'm excited for you. you. Thank you. You'll have to keep, keep me updated on all the things that you're doing and when you're done. Yeah. Well, I am looking forward to seeing what next steps you make in your career, I think that I will share, you know, for dietitians that maybe are interested in 
if they're interested in, in Vita or if they're interested in telehealth. Do you have any like advice for dietitians that might be interested in going to that direction with their careers? Yeah, I mean, I think it can be a big change for a lot of people, um, especially, you know, folks who are used to working in, you know, clinical inpatient settings, outpatient settings, and, you know, it's primarily working, you know, with with people, right, living people mm-hmm. uh, face-to-face every day, and so I know that can be intimidating for a lot of people, Um what I would say, though, is you still, if you work for the right company and you work for a company that has a culture that really emphasizes connection um, and really building that into the culture, that that's that you can get that right. You can get that in the telehealth space um, because I know that tends to be a concern for a lot of people. Um but really, I don't ever see myself going back, honestly, because you have work-life balance, right? You can, to a certain extent, you can manage your schedule. Um, you don't have a commute, right? So you that's mm-hmm. hours, literally hours of your week that you can use to spend meditating, you know, exercising, journaling, reading, whatever, right? Or mm-hmm. working if that's what you choose to do. Um, and so I think because of that, uh, the work-life balance is, is just amazing. And so I don't know, just take a leap, I guess I would say. I think it's the future. It's definitely the future. And so I think um, the more you know, talented providers we can get involved nationwide, we're going to need it. Like the, the demand is going to be there. Sure. I like that yeah. you mentioned looking for uh, like the culture, like a supportive culture, because there is so many uh, like telehealth jobs out there that that's a great question to ask about the culture of being in and working with that particular company if you do get a job offer or an interview or whatever yes culture is make it or break it right I think it's really important it's underestimated how important it is but it's even more so now uh, when people are working and they don't see each other face to face Mm -hmm. anymore in person and so um, culture plays an even bigger and more important role I think I like that advice. Good advice, my dear. I like it. I know I see all these jobs for all these telehealth businesses and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's another one and there's another, you know, like they just keep popping up and it's just amazing that how do you choose? So that's a great place to kind of start, I think. It is. Yeah. Yeah. We need it, right? We need to reach more people in this country. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. So you answered all my easy questions. Are you ready for my hard questions? (laughs) I think so. Okay. Gretchen, why don't you share with me some of the foods that you enjoy? Cheese, cheese, and cheese, and macaroni <laughs> and cheese. <laughs> I love it. Do you make your? Do you make homemade macaroni and cheese? I don't usually. If I'm having a party, I will most definitely whip one of those out. Uh, but otherwise, I can't ever resist macaroni. If it's a side dish on the menu, if it's an option, can't resist it. You're love ordering it. it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. How about beverages you enjoy? Coffee. You know, I'm a coffee person. I wish I could drink more. They say people with Hashimoto's shouldn't load up on the caffeine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, try to limit that a bit. But um, I love it. I love coffee. Um, and then I honestly just drink water throughout the rest of it. I don't really drink a lot of alcohol. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty simple when it comes to beverages, honestly. It's all you need, coffee and water. That's like the theme yeah. of the, the year. Coffee and water is what everybody is like. That's I'm like, that's all you need. Hydrate and a little caffeine for energy. You're good. Right. That's all you need in life. <laughs> Any scents or smells that you enjoy? Uh, scents or smells. Um, I love eucalyptus uh, and 
and um, I don't know. When I lived in San Francisco, San Francisco smells really good. I think some of my Does favorites are, are from there. <laughs> yeah. It's a Mediterranean climate. So there's constantly flowers in bloom throughout the entire year. Mm -hmm. So, and it's, you know, it's damp, the air is heavy. And so you just get these amazing <laughs> smells wafting through the air, like honeysuckle. And if you're close mm -hmm. to the coastline, laurel and cypress and eucalyptus. And those things make me really happy. I, like I love the smell of honeysuckle. I love Ugh. that smell. Yeah. It is and jasmine. Oh yeah. That smells so good too. Incredible. Ooh. I can smell right it like now. right now that we're talking about it. I'm like, oh, I can just I smell know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty incredible. And you can try to replicate it in fragrance, but it's just never the same no. like with a perfume. Yeah, yeah, just never the same. It's not. <laughs> if you were not a dietitian or an esthetician, what what business or what profession do you think you would want to do or anything that you comes to the top of your head? I would be taken care of some way, shape, or form. I would love mm -hmm. to... I mean, I, I know this would be heartbreaking, but I would love to spend my time at shelters and taking care of, you know, cats and rabbits and dogs and all Aww. the little creatures out there. <laughs> that need that love. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I like that. All my friends think that when I'm not a dietitian anymore, I'm going to be like a cat foster mom. And I'm like, I might. You just watch it. Oh, I'm yeah. going to have, oh, yeah. I'm totally going to have like 12 cats in my house and I don't care. <laughs> it's all you need. It's the best. Like there's I nothing know. else. My sister and I always joke that. I mean, this is kind of morbid, but, you know, we're both, you know, if we both happen to be living uh, later on in life and we're the only yes. ones left, <laughs> yes, that we're gotcha. going to have, you know, where I'm going, it's like, we're going to have our own house. We're going to live together. And we're just going to have tons of cats. And that's oh like, that's how we want our lives to end. It's kind of sounds perfect to me. <laughs> it does sound perfect. I like, I love it. I'm totally with you on that too. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, what brings you joy in life, Gretchen? Oh man, I I love <laughs> this is this is gonna sound maybe a little crazy, but I just I love peace and quiet. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that sounds and, amazing. <laughs> yeah, I guess right. I don't know. Um, that I love that. I love having time to myself um, to read. I love reading and. The other thing is just like a trail running and just being out in the woods and hiking and um, I, that for me, especially after living in New York City for 13 years and growing up in New York. And I don't know, you just like once you get out, once you I'm in Colorado now. Right. So like once you get out there and you start interacting with nature and you know being active in, in nature, it's just a whole other level of living. And so I, that for me is what does it. Oh, that's beautiful. It's kind of like its own little sense of meditation of, of living yes. out in just wilderness or being out in the wilderness, not even like meditating, but just being there. It is. Yeah. It's so therapeutic. You look, and you look like you live in like a beautiful area. I just love when you share just your <laughs> adventures and even like your motors, motorcycle trips. Those are like yeah. awesome too. Yeah. 
You got it down, yeah. my dear. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's working out. It's working out. We feel good. We, my husband and I are pretty happy with all of our activities. So they keep us busy and healthy. <laughs> good. Good. Well, it's been so lovely chatting with you today and getting to know more about your story and your but the great things that you're doing for our profession, I think it's awesome that you're in a, in a role to elevate our profession and then just keep building upon that. So thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I am glad we could finally do this. I just, I love Gretchen. Gretchen is such a great person. I've really enjoyed getting to know her uh, professionally now, now that we've had this podcast. I think I knew her more personally through our connecting but it's so interesting to see how she became a dietitian as a second career, but also incorporated her previous career into her current career. So it's interesting how maybe we have some interest in other areas, but we really have a passion for dietetics. And I think that we can marry those professions and even create our own kind of path. So it's so great to see and to hear Gretchen has successfully done that. If you're interested in learning more about telehealth or kind of what Gretchen and I chatted about, make sure to contact her. Her information is in the show notes. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.